testing something. I got fruit snacks in my mouth. Fruit snacks are a thing of the past. You do or... Yeah. I don't know. Kaboo! What, I, Kaboo! I, oh, that would have been a good one. That would have been a good one. Kaboo! Shit. Softer, <laughs> bud. Yeah, you really got me on that one. I wasn't expecting that. Um, before we start this episode, I want to thank a couple of our Patreons. We have Jordan E. Paulson in the postcard soup tier. We have James Hudson in the baby soup tier, and April Sharpton Marler. Mar- I'm not good at pronounce. Is that Marler? Let me see. I'm hoping it's Marla if I pronounce Marla, any of those yeah. wrong. Okay. If I pronounce anything wrong, yell at me. That's fine. But thank you guys so much. You're all fucking awesome. And James- You guys are fucking great. Or, or no, I'm not sure who James is. I've seen April. She's commented on a lot of stuff. She's really cool. Yeah. Uh, Jordan, he actually popped up on like YouTube and he was just really fucking nice. So thank you, Jordan. Oh, nice. You're, you're a very cool person. I always forget that we're on YouTube. Yeah, I, I was surprised. <laughs> he was commenting on the YouTube. He was like, hey, can I find you other place? I was like, yeah, everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> So if you also want to donate to us, you can donate over at patreon.com slash horrorsoup, and you can fund Bree's Michelada habit. Oh, yeah. That's there. It's there. It's a thing. Actually, I'm not drinking until the Super Bowl. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you, guys. And another thank you. um, I know a bunch of you guys are here from Morbid, so whether you choose to stay or not, or you're just checking out like one episode and, you know, moving on, you don't like (laughs) us, that's fine, too. It's fine. Do as you will. But I appreciate all you guys for, you know, at least giving us a chance. Give us, giving us the chance to uh, make your ears bleed. So, Sounds about right. Yeah. Well, anyway, I'm Caleb. And I am Bree. And this is Horror Soup, and this is True Crime Thursdays, episode six. Horror Spoople. And uh, we do a every other week thing, so this is my week. So today I'm going to be covering the really, really fucked up case of Elise Paler. Yikes. And I don't know if you read like anything about it, but read, we kind of said um, it. We sent it to the chat like briefly. A friend, uh, a good friend and fan, Lala, told us about this. Yeah, she. I I read the those messages very briefly because I was at work and it was like crazy fucking day. But um, I also read the messages that you sent in the text group chat, just like a little bit. So I had I got like a little sneak preview little sneak of this peek. case. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's really fucked up, honestly. This case is absolutely awful, and there's a lot of shit to talk about. We're actually going to get into some other stuff, too, and mm-hmm. it's just, you guys are just going to have to sit along for the ride if you uh, if you choose to. Buckle down and hold on to your butts. Stolen. So, anyway, Elise <laughs> Paler was an incredibly sweet young girl with blonde hair, blue eyes, and she went missing in July of 1995 in Ario Grande and San Luis Obispo County, California. Oh, wow. And also, if Pepper is whining in the background, that's also a part of the ride. <laughs> so she had not been found for an entire eight months, and her parents are David and Lizanne Paler, and she was born on April 24th, 1980. Mm. So, so she was young. Yeah, she was pretty young. Mm-hmm. So apparently the Paler family received a call from an unknown person close to Christmas time of 1995, and this person told the family that their daughter was still alive and that they would be receiving a call from her on Christmas Day. Mm. So this didn't happen, unfortunately. Yeah. And when this didn't happen, Elise's grandmother let out a statement publicly, which simply like called out for Elise to come home or at least contact them if mm-hmm. she was okay. 
But the day came and went. There was no call. Um, and Elise wouldn't be found until March of 1996 when a man named Royce Casey approached police and admitted to murdering Elise Paler with the help oh, of shit. two previous acquaintances. Yeah, we're kind of just going straight into this because oh this story is kind of, it's kind of like wicky wacky. Okay. To say the least. <laughs> so it's, it's like, wiggity wacky. Yeah, I just, I just, you kind of just have to approach this one head on. Okay. All it's right. Strange. Yeah. Let's fucking, let's do it. So anyway, police at first weren't sure what to think of this, but they went along with it anyway and asked if he knew where the body was. And he's like, uh, yeah, I do know actually. And he agreed to take them like right over to the scene. Holy shit. So he led the t- authorities to a eucalyptus grove where they found Elise's decomposed body. And oh my God. Mind you, this was like, Eight months later. Yeah, so she was decomposed. Yeah, it was yeah. it was a good while after. So wow, Casey stated that his reason for finally turning himself in after this long period of time was uh, because he had found God. Oh wow! Don't they all? Yeah. So I mean, that's convenient, and it's gonna get a lot more convenient as we get into this and just strange. Okay. It's, uh, I'm excited. It's, this case is fucking weird. It's. You, sh- you shouldn't be excited. Honestly, some trigger warnings in this one. This is going to okay. get... Re- We're going to bring it back a little right now. Okay. Because, like I said, uh, this story needs to be told out of chronological order because it's just fucking weird. Mm-hmm. So, Royce Casey ends up confessing to everything, and he tells authorities that two boys named Jacob Delashmut and Joseph uh, Fiorella assisted him in the killing of 15-year-old Elise. Wow. And Case- Royce was like an older guy, right? So and he said boys assisted him. So Royce, when he turned himself in, was about eighteen, which would make oh, okay. him probably about seventeen when it happened. Okay. Delashmut was seventeen when uh, Royce confessed, mm. which would make him about sixteen when the killing happened. And Fiorella was sixteen years old, making him wow. about fifteen, same age as Elise. Jesus Christ, dude. Yep. So, Casey, Dushmut, and Fiorello were all considered friends of Elise Paler, and on July 22nd, Elise snuck out of her house to hang out with these assholes at, like, a favorite spot of theirs in the Eucalyptus Grove in Napomo. I, I'm going to get shit on for pronouncing that wrong, but it's fine. <laughs> it's like Napomo, Napomo, I don't know, Napomo, Mesa, as uh, previously mentioned. Oh, okay. And, you know, sa- same area, pretty much. Mm-hmm. So, she knew these dudes because they played in a local heavy metal band called Hatred. Oh, wow. And they all arrived to the Grove, and they were kind of just, like, hanging out, because they were, she was pretty cool with them, you know, yeah, she thought they were, they were just, they were like, like, some weird guys. Yeah. They were just, they were just friends, I guess. Not really, because they're terrible fucking people. Yeah. But they were just hanging out, they were, like, smoking weed, like, I think it was said that they were, like, drinking or something, too. Yeah. And they were, like, chilling for about an hour, just, like, hanging around or whatnot. You know, things that just, like, normal teenagers do, so she wasn't really worried about anything. Mm-hmm. And then, all of a sudden, things go really sour really fast when Del Schmutt removed his belt from his waist and wrapped it around Elise's neck. Holy shit. Casey came up and held her down as Fiorella stabbed her in the neck with a hunting knife that he pulled out of a sheath in his pocket. Oh my god. And this is, this is a trigger. This whole next bar is, like, some, a lot of trigger warnings. It's really bad, okay. so if you guys want to move up a little bit feel free um she cried for her mother and cried and cried for god to help her like the entire time she was being stabbed and she was stabbed a total of 12 times and they all took turns stabbing her and all the wounds were determined by an autopsy technician as non-fatal which pretty much meant elise bled to death while the boys watched holy shit dude it's gonna get even worse right now after they were sure that elise had died which 
honestly, I'm not even sure if they knew anything because they're all they're idiots. Fu- fucking yeah, yeah, they're just stupid. Stupid idiots. They all took turns raping her dead body. Are you fucking kidding me? And that's not even the worst of it because they actually went back to the area. Like they left her body like behind a tree or mm-hmm. something around there in the eucalyptus grove. And they continued to go back to her body and they were just raping it and raping it until what the it was fuck? so decomposed that they couldn't do what anything anymore. What the fuck? Yeah. What the actual fuck, dude? And these are fucking kids. Like these are what happened to them? boys. What happened to these fucking kids? Who raised you? You know, there's there's a lot of story into this too, and I, I do want to. I couldn't find like anything on their parents or Jesus like any information fuck, about dude. it. Like, I don't know. I would this I would disown them. This is rough. This is probably the worst one we've done. It's pretty fucking bad. It's, yeah. It's it gets even fucking weirder too. Oh like, God. Like, I don't like, know if I'm ready for this. <laughs> like like I said, it kind of ties into Jennifer's body. Yeah. So you, okay. Yeah. You kind of know yeah, where I'm that's going. What I'm like. A little bit. I'm kind of like thinking about like, how is this? Okay. But all right. Because I've seen the movie. We've all seen the movie. But yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, that's kind of why I did this. You know, I figured it'd be a, a decent nice, follow up. And then I looked it up yeah, and I was, I was like, oh, say, this is nice, terrible. Nice follow up. Oh, this is awful. I'm going to throw up now. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. I puked my fucking ass when I was like researching this. It was <laughs> it, it was a weird time. Like every article was just like, oh, that's gross. Oh, that's grosser. That's Oh, you did that? Nice. <laughs> oh, it's getting worse. It's getting worse. And it's at the worst. I fell off the waterfall. <laughs> yep. That's what this case felt like. So aside from all this, this wasn't even the first time that they tried to murder Elise. And she hung out with them again? Listen to why. This is fucking crazy. So Casey told police that they all lured her to a remote location, like kind of similar to the eucalyptus grove. Mm-hmm. And one of the guys pretended to slip down a, like a steep ravine. Uh, so this is like a fucking like cartoon scene. It's something like weird. Like I don't know what kind of fucking elaborate plan this was, it, but uh, they were trying to lure, like you know, lure Elise into helping him. Okay. And Fiorella tossed the fucking same hunting knife that they used to kill Elise to another just random fucking dude, like just another random weird teenager that was like in on a plan to kill this girl. Oh, okay. So he's not like he's not one of the ones that got convicted. He's just oh, some okay. other random fucking teenager in this place. What, what, and this happened in California? Yeah. Oh, no wonder they're so fucking weird. Yeah. It's just like, what the fuck? Like, not only did these guys plot to kill this girl and try another time, and I'm going to get into exactly how this went down in a second. It's just side story. But, like, they got another person in on this? Dude, that's what I was going to say. I was like, how, like... Like, when you think of things like this that happen, like, you have it set. Like, well, I don't... You know, like, in, in their minds, like, you have it set, like, okay, we're going to have these people here, and we're going to do it at this time. But, like, did the other, like, random dude just, like, not bring enough to the table or something? Like That's exactly what happened, because they, t- so he tossed the hunting knife to him, and we we still don't know who this kid was, like, no one said anything about it. Uh-huh. And they all started screaming, do it, do it. And he just kind of, like, stood there, like, huh? Like, like, not like he was confused, but he was just like, he didn't know what to do. Yeah, like, he, he he probably, like, got scared and didn't do it. Exactly. So, Casey actually gave, like, a decent explanation for this, and, like, I don't, I, like, fuck these kids, but I don't know, they don't, he doesn't really have any reason to lie, like, he kind of just, yeah. like, came forth and told everything. Mm-hmm. So, he said it seemed like Elise just kept hanging out with them, because she assumed that they were joking around. You know, like, they were just being, like, weird fucking teenagers, because they didn't do anything, you know, like, yeah. he just kind of, like, stood there and... You know, when I play it out in my head and I think about, like, you know, me when I was a teenager, 
like I don't know. Like I'd still be like, no, fuck you. I'm not hanging out with you. But yeah, like, exactly. I can see how like you know, in a like naive state of mind, just kind of like, oh, I don't know. Like they're just being fucking stupid. Like they're just high or drunk or something. Maybe it's because like I know like what happens <laughs> in the future oh, yeah. after this incident that I would be like, fuck no. But I mean, like I can see that. But like with a knife though, yeah. Like, I mean, you don't. Like, I I don't think you'd mess around like that. Like I I've seen like. People do weird fucking shit, especially in California. I've seen people do weird shit all the time. Just like, yeah, they're just fucking weirdos. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's it's strange, but it also it makes sense. You know, I kind of yeah. See. I mean, like, it does make sense, but like, I would be like, uh, fuck this. I'm never hanging out with you guys again. Are you kidding me? Yeah, it's it's fucked. But um, Casey also told the investigators why they specifically picked Elise because obviously, you know, they had already tried it once, so why would they do it again? Mm-hmm. So they said that it was because she was a virgin with blonde hair and blue eyes. What? And I previously mentioned that their band was called Hatred, and Casey said that they killed Elise as a sacrifice because they believed that sacrificing a virgin with blonde hair and blue eyes was, and I quote, the ultimate sin against God, and that it would bring fame and success to their band and earn them a, quote, ticket to hell. Oh, what? Yeah. How is this even logical? This is is all real shit. It's, would you say it's like the biggest F you to God, would you say? Um, it's the ultimate sin against God. So what, blonde, blue-haired, blonde-haired, blue-eyed people are godlike? It's just like the ultimate, like, victim, I guess, the, in their eyes. God, dude. That's kind of what they were going for. <sighs> My goodness. I mean, I come can't on. believe this. Ultimate sin against God, a virgin, take it to hell. Like, are you fucking kidding me? They're idiots. No, they're just, they're just complete. <laughs> you could tell, like, just from listening to this, like, oh, so you're just complete fucking babbling morons. Yeah. Like, you have no idea what you're fucking doing. You've stayed up too late reading weird shit on the fucking internet, and now you're fucking weird and in, in jail, so. Yeah, and this is just, it, it's literally, like, part of this plot to fucking Jennifer's body and kind of what inspired some mm-hmm. of it, so it's like, it... It's a, I got it. Kind of gives me a little more respect for Jennifer's body because I feel like it's kind of like taking that part of it, and you know Jennifer comes back. Yeah, she comes back at a succubus and she kills the whole band. That kind of makes me like that scene. Yeah, like it makes me like it even more because she comes back after being like sacrificed by a bunch of fucking obvious douchebags, mm-hmm. like a bunch of assholes. She comes back, she fucking just murders all of them. <laughs> like it, that's feminist as fuck. It is. That's awesome. Power the P, baby. That's fucking... <laughs> <laughs> <did> not just... <laughs> so all of them denied involvement with Satanism, but they all admitted that they were part of the murder. They also stated that music by the trash metal band... Trash metal band? I was, good. I was just literally like <laughs> leaving that open-ended I, for I, you to correct th- me. I thought you just said thrash metal wrong. <laughs> oh, I was saying that. That's, yeah, it. That's oh, exactly okay. what I did. All right. Makes sense. <laughs> I was I was I was leaving it open ended because I knew you were gonna attack me. <laughs> so the thrash metal band Slayer influenced them, and that most likely is not exactly what they said, like verbatim. Yeah. Because it's not a direct quote. Like I couldn't find that like sourced anywhere. Like it's not a direct thing, but like on the fu- shit, I hit something. But on like the fucking like police reports, it says something like, "Oh, 
Slayer influenced them to fucking do this, do that. Lawyers took this and they had a fucking field day with it. Dude, yeah, I was going to say, this is some old people shit, like trying to cancel out Slayer. Yeah, so, <laughs> and also remember this because we're going to come right back to this in a little bit and we're going to go a lot more in depth on it. Okay. So I also found a couple quotes in the area that I think are also kind of important. Um, I don't have them like written down exactly because I fucking lost them and didn't find them again. But I know <laughs> there was only one that I was going for. So I was like, I'm not going to, Go back for that. I already read it. Rest but in peace. The fucking principal of Ario Grande High School was like, "Yeah, you know, things are getting bad with the with the kids. Uh, they're not just smoking weed anymore. We found meth and like crack and other shit. So, oh, crack? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't. Are you fucking shitting? Yeah, I wasn't doing too good over there. Jesus Christ! These kids were kind of doing some weird shit. They were doing crack, not yeah. some weird shit. They were doing crack. Yeah, <laughs> and that's... killing people, dude. Yeah, don't do crack. It's bad. Crack so, is bad. <laughs> so 16-year-old Joseph Fiorella, 18-year-old Royce Casey, and 17-year-old Jacob Delamushed all received <laughs> uh, 26 years um, to life for first-degree murder with torture and rape. Nice. Not really, uh, honestly. No, they like, need, well, the, 26 years to life, they were young. And did you keep track of the date? No, I didn't. I didn't hear the date. So they confessed around, it was like 1995, 1996. Mm -hmm. And they were convicted, I think it was around 1999. Oh, wow. Okay. It's like 2020 now. They're going to be getting out fairly soon. Holy shit, dude. Well, possibly. Like, it's not, you know. I don't think they will. There's going to be will. proceedings, but like, they got 26 to life. So it's like, there's that possibility that they could be walking soon. Do you think they got like, not such a harsh sentence because they're so young? I think some of them did because they were, um, I was reading some things about the 16 year old one and he kind of had like a plea deal. And this was like, this was an article from before, um, Royce and Jacob got tried. Okay. So he was getting tried. Um, but I think he got the 26 to life first, the the 16 year old. And they mm -hmm. were like, Oh, there's like a deal and we're going to see what the other two get, but they ended up getting the same thing. So I think they all end up, they all got the same thing anyway. Mm. Pretty sure they were all, they were all tried as adults for sure. One of them was an adult. Royce Casey was at this yeah. time, so. Dude, what the fuck? Like, I just feel like, especially, like, of how, like, gruesome this was, like. Apparently, this was the harshest punishment I think they could give them with, like, the technicalities, but it's still just, like, e even as that, that's not fucking yeah, right. Yeah, no. That's these, not fucking cool. These guys should never see the light of day. Nope. So, this, yeah, it's really fucking sad. Elise is buried in Oak Hill Cemetery and, um. If I pronounce this wrong, I'm gonna go with Ballard, um, Santa Santa Barbara County. Do you, mm. Have you ever been to Ballard? Is it Ballard? No, I've never been. There. I've never been there. I've never been to Santa Barbara. So fair enough. I don't think I have either. <laughs> I'm in California, but I go to select places. Yeah. So it's uh, so they actually gave her like a really really nice gravestone, and oh, she nice. even has her picture in the bottom right corner. Oh, nice. And I'll probably post that one on Instagram too because it's it's really. It's really nice. Oh, that's that's nice. I've actually never seen a gravestone with a picture. Maybe I just don't look at gravestones enough. But Have you been to I've, a cemetery? Yeah, I guess I just... Yeah, actually, I've looked at a lot of gravestones. <laughs> I've been to multiple cemeteries. You've never seen one with a picture on it? No, maybe I just... I don't know. I don't remember faces. <laughs> no, there's like there's a lot of gravestones with pictures on them. Never seen it. Not real. Yeah, it's real. Okay, well, I'll take it. <laughs> so you'd think the story ends here, but I actually have a lot more to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> so in 1996, David and Louisa started a lawsuit against Slayer and Sony Music. Um, they took them to court, like on grounds that their music had inspired the three douchebags to kill their daughter. 
However, it was postponed until the end of the trial, so it didn't like come around to like 1999, 2000-ish. Uh, mm-hmm. So they said songs like Dead Skin Mask and Postmortem gave the killers some sort of like pamphlet or guide on how to do heinous things that they did, or how to do the heinous things that they did to their daughter. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dallas Mo even said like they all enjoyed Slayer's music, but it wasn't Slayer that ultimately ultimately drove them to kill Elise. Like I think that whole statement was kind of just taken verbatim either way. Like they were just like, oh yeah, we listen to Slayer. Yeah, bada bing, bada boom. Like there we go. There are so many other bands out there, like not only thrash metal bands that like sing and write songs about much more gruesome ass shit, but they just chose Slayer because they were like the top one out there. I guess. And they're just the ones that they mentioned. So they're like, oh. Gotta go for that. And they I mean, see the they see the fucking pentagram in Slayer, and they're like, "Oh, it's it. That's it. The devil." And another thing that Della Schmutz said um, was that Fiorella was obsessed with Elise, and he would have killed her like regardless. Like he was obsessing over her for a while, and he like specifically wanted to kill her because he was obsessed with her, like that, that, loving what wise. I don't know if it was a loving way or it was just he wanted to kill her hatred? because of well, because of what they said before. You know, they were convinced that they had to kill her. Like that's why they tried to kill her twice. Holy shit, dude. So I'm going to read like a little bit of some of the lyrics from like Dead Skin Mask and Postmortem. Graze the skin with my fingertips. Uh, the brush of dead cold flesh pacifies the means. Uh, provocative images, delicate features, so smooth, blah, blah, yada, yada. Cold death, touch of death begins to chill your spine, seeking life beyond your perishment, repeating words echoing through your mind, blah, blah, blah. Those are pretty freaky lyrics, actually. <laughs> are they? Yeah, I mean, it it it's it, it can be a lot worse, but when you like the way you read it was pretty creepy. I think it's just because I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of cringe, I mean, honestly. The, the, that's what I'm. That's what I'm kind of yeah. saying. Like the waves of blood are rushing near, pounding at the wall of lies. Uh, do you want to die? <laughs> <laughs> what I am, what I want, I'm only after death. I mean, like, yeah, it's, I guess it's kind of creepy or whatever, but it's like, it's just, and that was from Postmortem and fucking a dead skin mask. Yeah. I just kind of went through it. I've I never mean, heard of either of those songs. I've listened to both of them. They're not like terrible songs, but like, they're also just like, they're not that great. I just, I and also I know we're not, don't, I also don't think Slayer's that fucking good. Yeah, like, I know. I know we're not <laughs> talking about the quality of Slayer right now, but also I am just because... Like Bree said earlier, like there's much worse, and that's kind of where I'm coming from yeah. right now. <laughs> and I feel like you know it, it just you're just attacking the wrong person here. Yeah, a little bit. So now in 2001, Superior Court uh, Judge Jeffrey Burke threw out the civil suit against Slayer, and he ruled that the band's music was not responsible for the teenagers killing their daughter, mm. stating that even though he found the lyrics rather obscene, he believed that there were no legal grounds to prosecute Slayer for their lyrics. Ah. So the parents filed another suit around 60 days later, stating that uh, Slayer knowingly distributed harmful material to minors, but this case was also dismissed due to the band's First Amendment rights. Wasn't there, did they not have the parental advisory like sticker on CDs back then or something? You know what, I think they might not have. This was 1995, like maybe they didn't on their music, but... NWA had a parental advisory on their yeah, shit. Yeah, I know. I don't mean like just in general. I'm just, I just mean Slayer. Oh, okay. Like it didn't, like maybe it wasn't like it needed to be on there if there was like cuss words or something like I that. I think there might've been something like that. Okay. This was before our time, bud. This is coming off the edge of like satanic panic. I, just, I don't know what that is. 
Oh, we'll get into that. Okay. So his words were said to be fairly similar to another judge um, from a case in 1985 regarding Judas Priest and hiding subliminal messages in their songs, which inspired two teens to attempt suicide. Holy shit. You never heard about that No, case? I never heard about this. Yeah, like when you play Judas Priest songs backwards, apparently like you can hear them saying like, do it. And some kids like took this as that a gave sign me chills, to dude. kill themselves. But it's not, I've listened to the songs. You don't, I don't even fucking hear that at all. Like, I've heard of like records being played backwards and it to be like fucking like Satan language or something like that. Like telling people to kill themselves or kill like whoever. Mm. I've heard of that, but like I don't know why. Like just the words do it like gave me fucking chills right now. <laughs> it, it's kind of weird. It's a weird statement, but it's <sighs> it's, it's it's a not, reach. It, yeah, it's they're reaching. It's a reach. And it's really I mean, it's really sad that, you know, one of the teens like tried to attempt suicide did die. Oh, wow. And one of them lived, and that's what the whole lawsuit was over. But the judge kind of rolled the same thing. They were like, well, I don't think yeah. that happened. There's a bunch of interviews with Priest, too, and they were like, you know, when we were making this music, we were in, like, a garage. Like, we, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like, we barely, like, had money to, like, eat, so we weren't really, like, going for subliminal messages yeah, or anything. Like, like, we were just making music. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even know how you would, like, do that. But also, 1985. 1985 is the reason I bring that up is because we're going to get into the sat- a little bit into the satanic panic right now, just for people that aren't aware of it, because it goes hand in hand with this case. Mm-hmm. So let's just get into this. The Satanic Bible was released in 1969, and it was written by occultist Aton LaVey, who founded, and my screen just went black, <laughs> the Church of Satanism in 1966. The basic principles of Satanism are read directly from the Satanic Bible. The nine Satanic statements are read as follows. So I'm only going to read you one tenet right now as an experiment. Mm. Ah. (laughs) Satan represents vengeance instead of turning the other cheek. Mm. Interesting. I know you've never like heard that before. At least I don't think, right? So what do you get from that? Like, I want to know your honest opinion. Like, what do you get from that just hearing it? He's basically saying that don't like try and be the good person. Well, like not like that, but like how we said like <laughs> vengeance instead of turning the other cheek. So what it comes down to is leaving wrongs unpunished merely encourages miscreants, um, kind of pronounce things wrong, to continue preying on others. Those who do not stand up for themselves end up being trampled. This is not, mm. however, an encouragement for misbehavior. Becoming a bully in the name of vengeance is not only dishonest, but it also invites others to bring retribution on you. Retribution. The same goes for performing illegal actions of retribution. Break the law and you yourself become the miscreant that the law should come down on swiftly and harshly. Oh, okay, yeah. That clarifies it a lot. Yeah, so (laughs) there's a lot of room for people that aren't aware of what it is to kind of bring it out of proportion. And there's a lot of that, so... Within every religion. that's, That's kind of what I was getting at, like, in any fucking religion... People will just take the parts that they want out of something and they're like, this means this. Yep. When really, that's not how it is. So mm-hmm. please don't misinterpret any of this. These are not bad things. And what I'm getting at is that the satanic panic was exactly what it sounds like. It was fucking panic. Mm-hmm. It was just mass hysteria. It was filled with uneducated fucking people looking to blame social issues on something that they couldn't understand. Scary things that we don't understand, they they tend to scare us. Oh, yeah. As, as weird humans. <laughs> humans are like it's it's fucking i don't want to say it's facts but uh (laughs) like we're fucking scared of what we can't understand dude so as previously stated the satanic bible was released in 1969 and that year may sound familiar because that was also the year that charles manson murders occurred you know the murder of sharon tate 
So these murders terrified people, to say the least, and it started like a very not-so-subtle downward slope of mass hysteria that we know is a satanic panic. Like, this is like the very fucking beginning. Like, okay. it was just like, oh, okay, there's Satanist shit going on, this is happening. Same thing. So then the 1980s came around, and a lot of this newer generation knows the term stranger danger from, like, you know, movies, television series that play on the term, right? Yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. So where did it come from? The short answer is the 70s. Do you remember that black fucking, like, spooky figure with a trench coat and a top hat with, like, a slash over it or the neighbor watch right under Mm -hmm. it? You saw that, like, everywhere as a kid, right? Everywhere, dude. It was in my mobile home growing up. It was fucking, it was everywhere, dude, in the parks, like... The pool area in my fucking mobile home park, like, everywhere. Yeah, it was in front of my... It was on, like, the window of my childhood home. Yeah. Like, it was just fucking everywhere and mm-hmm. all around that neighborhood. I've only seen it, like, recently in one neighborhood. That's um old neighborhood. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's there. And, like, I like the more suburban type of areas out here. Yeah, you barely ever see it anymore. Yeah, it's weird. So, did you know that its name is Boris the Burglar? No, I did not know that. I did not know he had a name. He has a name. I refer to him as the neighborhood watch guy. (laughs) Boris the Burglar, and he was invented in 1972 by uh, the National Sheriff's Association. Hmm. So, like, I mean, why did they make him all spooky looking? It was pretty much to represent a burglar. You know, he was was supposed to be spooky. You see someone like that with a trench coat and a top hat coming down, he's, don't trust him. (laughs) Never trust anybody in a top hat. You know, they with got, their face covered. Maybe they didn't hit the mark with the design, but you yeah, know, they kind of say <laughs> they kind of got there. You know, if uh, if there's a guy wearing that, he's probably not a good guy. Yeah, you, I mean, you're probably right. But no, now you're, you're falling into right. the satanic panic. I'm not panicked at all. I'm very relaxed right now. <laughs> I don't know how this guy looks. You know, he could be a good guy with a trench coat. Doubt it. You're yeah. not. You're not good if you wear trench coats. I have one. <laughs> I think my mother has one. It's very comfortable. It has a <laughs> coat pocket. You got a duster, bud. Uh, no, <laughs> I don't, bud. Sorry. So anyway, I just I just said that because I thought it was an interesting fact that I learned when I was today years old after seeing it since I was a child. Oh well, yeah, I didn't know he had a name. That's kind of what blew my mind right now. His name Boris too. That's a dog name. It's a bad name. It's a dog name. It's a name for a bulldog. So the 80s also introduced the rise of AIDS, kidnapped victims' faces, printed on milk cartons, mm-hmm. uh, the Tylenol murders, and much more. Did you ever hear about the Tylenol murders? No. Yeah, those Tylenol like a, murdered people? Is, they're pretty much the reason. No, no. It was uh, <laughs> people that like laced Tylenol bottles. Like they would go into, they went into a store. They never found out who it was. This was before there was like seals and shit yeah. on pill bottles. Like inside, you know, you get the seal and it's like you got to break it and then you get to your pills. Mm-hmm. So before all that, someone went in and they put a bunch of fucking uh, cyanide Holy inside fuck. of pills and people were dying like they were just taking Tylenol this and then they would the die. Yeah, they would they would die within like a day or two and they didn't know why for a little bit and then they were like okay, all these people are taking Tylenol. So they mm. recalled like I was like 31 million bottles of Tylenol. Holy fuck, dude. And yeah, like Tylenol stock went fucking down oh, for I a bet. long time like but then they also they kind of brought it back up because they introduced like seals and shit and like yeah. they were like okay, like don't fuck with pills. Like, and that's that's why we don't fuck with pills now. You know, if you get a bottle and it's tampered with, throw don't that fuck shit with out. It. Yeah. Yeah. If I get anything and it's like the seal is missing, I'm like, nah, throwing it out. Yeah, you don't fuck with it. So all of these occurrences led to a growing alarm for stranger danger because it seemed like, you know, evil around was around every fucking corner at this mm-hmm. time. Like no one was safe. And what else did the 1980s introduce? Satanic ritual abuse. Cocaine. <laughs> okay probably that too just kidding no yeah it was, it was around before that but it was probably they were like here's some more 
Here, take some more evil. <laughs> take some more. So, satanic ritual abuse. Um, a man named Lawrence Pazner and his wife, Michelle Smith, published some memoirs. And these memoirs were stated to be about Michelle's repressed childhood. They stated that Michelle had gone through hypnosis, like, by her husband, fucking Pazner. And this was in order to remember the details of her abuse from childhood at the hands of the Church of Satan, who they also claimed existed centuries before Anton LaVey's founding of the church in 1966. These claims have all been since debunked. Like yeah. it, was, it was just outlandish shit. Like it, none of it was true. What the, she got hypnotized by her husband, and this is how they found this out. Yeah, none of okay. it was true. Okay. So unfortunately, it was all a little too late, and Pazner had already been seen as an expert in what would be titled satanic ritual abuse. Oh fuck. So and also like this, this wasn't something small that happened. Like mm-hmm. this was publicized, and a yeah. lot of people read this. A lot of people like just saw this as fact. They were like, "Oh shit, this is happening. This is insane." It was like headlines of fucking newspapers. It was all over everywhere. So this also spawned many other copycat pieces that were also false. Uh, Completely outlandish claims that would basically immediately mix with the stranger danger scares. Mm -hmm. So now it wasn't just like evil could be anywhere. It was like evil could be anywhere, even in your home, because Satan is everywhere. Jesus, Like he's coming through the music, through the fucking like TV shows, like through the fucking grocery store. It's just everything. Can you imagine the fucking panic? Of everybody? Yep. Like, Jesus Christ, man. So, during this widespread panic, children were even being coached to accuse innocent people of sexual abuse. And this was, like, not even just... It was, like, they were accusing them of chains of sexual abuse. Like, giant, like, rings. Like, yeah. Just weird shit. And there was, like... This was young kids, too. Like, they were literally... They were being coached through very suggestive questioning and interrogation tactics. Like, on fucking children. Just, on like... fucking babies. They were just asking the same question, like, over and over again. They were, like, okay, like, yes... Yeah, like, like I okay, what, tell me what the right answer is, and I'm going to say it. Exactly. That's what a kid does. So most of these claims were also found to be false. And when I say most, I mean, like... All of them? Like, all of them. I think the, pretty much the only ones that, like, weren't false were the ones that they just didn't want to admit, and those yeah. people are, like, still in jail. Like, a lot of people Aww. were in jail for, like, years and years, and some, I think, are still in jail because wow. of it. It's insane. Um, so some of them were as ridiculous as the abusers flushing children like down toilets um, and like what? secret underground tunnels to transport them to satanic ritual ceremonies. And even that they could turn into witches and fly. What the fuck? So surprise, near everything was thrown out due to insufficient evidence. I bet. Yeah. Because uh, the last time I checked, most people can't fly. I mean, I can. Oh, well. I'm a witch. Just kidding. No, I'm not. Panic comes back around. You're the first to go. <laughs> so Dungeons and Dragons horror movies such as The Exorcist, um, the Ouija board, which also kind of like got some of that panic from The Exorcist yeah, because before it that it was kind of did. just a toy. Yeah. And then it was yeah. like it came around. People were like, oh, that's one of those things too. Nope. My mother. Yep. She's like, don't bring that shit into my house. It's yeah, going to yep. conjure up a demon. It's going to kill my whole family. <laughs> exactly. Uh, metal music, rock music, et cetera. These were all things that like we're all fine with now. Yeah. But at a time- they were fucking feared. That is so crazy to me to think about like like heavy metal music and shit like that. Like even like Zeppelin was accused of being like Satanist, dude. Like yeah. and you listen to Zeppelin now, like brother, come on. It's fucking it's it's just good old fashioned rock and roll, brother. <laughs> good old fashioned <laughs> rock and roll. <laughs> so yeah, like these were all feared at a time. And the reason I brought up any of this is mainly like for the metal music aspect, because mm-hmm. that's what's going on in this case. And this is going to get you, I know, right now. Um, I know, right now. <laughs> We've probably all heard of the West Memphis Three. 
Yeah, dude. Which consisted this... of three boys, Damien Eccles, Jesse Kelly, and Jason Baldwin, who were all convicted of a crime they did not commit purely because of their style, the books they read, and you guessed it. The music they listened to. The music. Yep. Dude, oh my God. Ever since uh, there was a movie on it, uh, The Devil's Not, ever since I've seen that movie, like, I've just been wanting to like really like read into it, but there's so much shit, dude. There's so much fucking shit about that. Like it's it's so crazy. And I know you said you didn't know too much about the satanic panic, but that's yeah. part of it right yeah. there. That whole case. I figured. That's satanic fucking panic. Mm-hmm. Like it's just they don't know what's going on. They're just like these kids are weird, they're different, and look what happened there. Yep. Look what fucking I think happened they're still, there. Still I think one of them got the death penalty, no? He did, but he did not die. Oh, he didn't? No, he was on the death. I think he was on death row for a long time. Uh, he actually had um, had some interviews. It was Damien Eccles. Yeah. Yeah. He uh, has some interviews. I actually watched an interview with him uh, earlier today. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I, it, it wasn't from earlier today. <laughs> I didn't check the day, <laughs> but I watched it earlier today. So anyway, like we could get much, much deeper into this, like satanic panic and fucking like First Amendment shit and fucking yeah. all of this in general, like Hell the Tylenol of- murders. Like it, it was kind of just... And I don't it, want to get deeper it, because it ties then, into the case. It does. And I didn't want to get deeper, but I did want to say something about it because otherwise this would turn into an entire fucking satanic panic episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that that's honestly that could turn into an entire podcast. I'm not even gonna fucking lie. Jesus Christ. Like, there's so much. You could just go in depth to that for fucking ever. Wow. So anyway, this is just like a select few problems that have ensued over the years due to pure ignorance from people that just aren't aware. And you know, there it's also because there are many people, many Mainly younger people, like you included. Mm-hmm. Even people born as late as like fucking 1990 that have never even heard of the concept of satanic panic, which honestly is pretty fucking terrifying on its own because so many innocent people have lost their jobs, their families, and their freedom just yeah. because of like wild witch hunts and claims with zero fucking evidence due to fear of the unknown and strange. Ignorance is satanic panic. Yeah. Yup. They go hand in hand. <laughs> they go hand in fucking hand. That's insane that I've never even heard of that, dude. And that's that's the thing. Like, a lot of people haven't. Like, I have I was looking on, like, some fucking Reddit threads and shit, and some people were just like, oh, yeah, what is that? It's like, it's kind of terrifying. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like, I don't, like, I'm not worried about Satan being in my home and shit like that. Like, I'm not panicked about it. Like, but like I'm you. not I'm not in I'm not in satanic panic, you guys, please. No, but it's a society thing, you know. It's yeah. like people start to get scared. They this start is to a society. They start to fucking blame it on things that they're they don't know what it is. People, and they're just like, yeah. Well, no, people always look for stuff to blame things on when in reality it's just people. It's just I feel like really bad, like especially like when it's uh I, I feel bad for all of the murder victims, but like I can't even imagine the pain that parents go through when you lose a child, dude. Like, oh I, yeah, it's terrible. I don't even want to think about it. You never know what they're feeling in that moment. They probably, like I said earlier, like they just they want justice for their kids. I think. You know, I get it, but I would just go blank and numb for the rest of my life if something were to happen to my kid. Like I, I can't even imagine. I feel so bad. Yeah, I feel you on that, brother. It's rough stuff. Yeah. So good job on this case, Caleb. Thanks, it was, homie. It was, it was very thorough. Uh, I thorough. Thorough, I thorough. I thoroughly enjoyed this. Good pronunciation, brother. I'm proud of you. <laughs> thank you. So, guys, thank you for listening. Uh, that was episode six. We'll be back with episode nine next week. <laughs> Quick maths. So, if you guys want to help us out, like more than anything, tell a friend. Tell a bud. 
That'd Telepow. Be, that'd be pretty awesome. Telefella. Te- you maybe it's not for you. Maybe you're like, oh, okay, this is kind of cool, but uh, you know, maybe you'll have a friend that'll <laughs> like us. So tell a friend, uh, rate us and review us on iTunes. And if you do, and you send us a screenshot of the review at horsesoup at yahoo.com, I will send you some stickers. A stickers. You can find us at Patreon at patreon.com slash horsesoup. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at horsesoup podcast. Instagram. Letterboxed. I am at horsesoup Caleb. I am at horsesoup Bree. And you can listen to my other podcast, Floor Popcorn, Next Level Opinions on Ooh. Spotify and iTunes. And I think it's also on YouTube. Boo. I agree. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> it's awesome. No, it's pretty good.